Life is hard. Life with chronic, critical, and complex health concerns is even harder. We all know someone who is struggling with health issues or disability. It might even be you. And in the pain and suffering, we wonder if it's possible to move from surviving to thriving. We struggle to hope, struggle to persevere, struggle to trust that God knows what he's doing. But in the struggle, there is real hope, and it's possible to be rooted and ready to weather the storm. Welcome to the Bluestem Project Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to the Bluestem Project Podcast. We are husband and wife team, Brandon and Amy Smith. We're so glad you're joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blue Stem Project exists to equip and encourage you in the suffering, hardships, and trials of life that come with health issues and disability. And we seek to do this by helping root you in Christ and by giving you the tools you need to be ready for life's greatest obstacles. Yeah, in this inaugural episode, we are going to talk about the problem or the challenges that come with walking in the world of medical needs, the solution that the Blue Stem Project offers, and the people, Brandon and myself, behind the podcast. Brandon and I have trudged through many deep challenges along the journey of medical hardships with our son, Beckett. And while we have felt alone, we know we're not. Many have struggled with health issues, medical hardships, and the questions, doubts, and struggles that come. But we believe that with God's help, you'll learn to navigate these trials more successfully. So no matter where you're at, hospital, home, or anywhere in between, we're glad you're here. Thanks for joining us on the journey. Yeah, we've joked uh, that the hospital is our second home. Yeah, second we're, home. We're, si- we're sitting here in the basement of our home. Real home. It's a little chilly. <laughs> Very chilly. But you're mm-hmm. cute. We got a little heater by your foot. Yep, saving me. Mm-hmm. Yep, stay- staying warm. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we're coming to you from the great state of North Dakota. Fun fact about North Dakota, it is the least visited state in the nation. So if you've yeah. never been here, uh, you're... You're in good company. There's a lot of other people <laughs> who've never been here either. We want to give you a quick uh, overview of where we're going to go in this inaugural episode. And we want to share with you a little bit of the problem that we've seen, uh, the solution that we believe the Blue Stem Project, uh, project can uh, help with, and then a little bit of get to know you, which will be kind of fun. Amy's going to describe me. <laughs> I'm going to describe her. We don't know Ready exactly what we're going to say. It'll be, so that'll be towards the end. So you got you to hang on at least for that. But here's the, the problem that we have seen. We've experienced it. We've also seen it. And it's this. like If you were to think about where you're at or your friends and family, are you really ready for the hardship, suffering, and disappointment that can come with uh, severe health issues and disability? And honestly, I think if we think about it, uh, there's a bit to be desired for mm-hmm. most of us. Mm-hmm. And even just the question itself is a very loaded question. I mean, are you ready? I know we've seen how jarring unexpected circumstances can be. Our ultrasound with our son, um, our youngest son, alluded to the near certainty that he would not live to see his first birthday and or he would have lifelong health and medical complications and disabilities. We were rocked. And even it's today, brutal. <laughs> really brutal. And even today, as we approach his fifth birthday, we never know what's going to be around the corner for Beckett. We've seen dreams shattered by medical issues. And we now know emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual exhaustion. Yes, we do. To a degree we never knew existed. So, and we've, and we've seen it in our friends yeah. that we've gotten to know yeah, yep. uh, along this journey. Yep, exactly. You know, with their various medical needs as well. Right. Yeah, we're, we're overwhelmed almost always. 
And despite being surrounded by family and friends in our situation that serve us really well, we can't fully escape that feeling of, of being alone and not understood. And we realized because we've wrestled with various questions, some very common questions that many people wrestle with as they endure these hardships are possibly, where is God? Why am I suffering? Why is God allowing this? Um, is he punishing me even? And I know for me, the couple that I really have hunkered down into are, what happens if my loved one dies? And is it okay to grieve? I think one of the questions that people really struggle with um, when it comes to thinking about God is, okay, if he's all-powerful and he's in control and he's all-loving, mm -hmm. then when suffering and pain hits me, how can, how can he be both of those things at the yeah. same time? How can they both be there? And therefore, does he uh, exist? And we believe uh, certainly that he does and that there is a good answer to that question, but it is a very common question. Uh, so that's some of the problems uh, that we see. Uh, and the solution that we want to provide um, is we want to help you be rooted and ready to weather these storms. Mm. And when we, th when we say rooted, we mean knowing, enjoying, experiencing God, his mm -hmm. presence, his power, his love, trusting his sovereignty. Being secure. Yeah. And when we talk about being ready, uh, think kind of an intellectual or practical um, answer or solution to these problems. In other words, there are things that we can know intellectually, beliefs we can hold that help us. Uh, there are practically places and people we can go to that will help us weather the storm. Mm -hmm. uh, and then as we said, at, towards the end, uh, we will share a little bit about each other. <laughs> and well, she's laughing. I don't know what on earth she's going to say about Ready me. Ready or not. And I'm going to cover my face, uh, but I, I probably will no. embarrass her a little bit as well. Oh, dear. So uh, we want to start and dig in a little deeper with the problem or the dilemmas um, that we have seen. Hmm. Yeah. We very clearly can think back to a specific time in our journey and our walk with the Lord even of when the hardships kind of hit. Our son's name that we've mentioned already is Beckett, and he, we learned in what would be considered his 20-week ultrasound or anatomy scan that um, this journey in the world of unknowns really began. It was sudden and unexpected like it is for most people. We went with a high eagerness and anticipation of finding out, really, because I'm a control freak, uh, what gender this baby of ours is going to be. That's what I was most excited for um, and hopeful to have an outcome of an answer to. And when we arrived, we were excited to see, you know, the perfect profile picture that or that profile image of the baby and um, learning seeing the baby move and things like that. And so, yes, we found out that our baby was a boy, but we also found out a lot more information. Um, they saw significant anomalies from really head to toe. Uh, there were parts of his yep. brain missing. Um, the list was long and lengthy. Very long and lengthy. And yeah, for lack of needing to describe everything, there were parts of his brain missing and there um appeared to be discontinuity in the function of his stomach and even down to his toes, bilateral club foot. So there were lots of things that were being communicated to us that was just completely unexpected. And in the matter of minutes to hours throughout that day and to that evening and then which led to months and years, it's kind of become this 
this heavy weight and and challenge of what does this what does this mean and what does this look like and the weight of all this news even from that day on is heavy because our love for him is deep there's a weight to it because we care so much about him um and yeah in an instant like within that day and over the course of all this time um we've had to process some of life's greatest questions because it went from a theoretical to a personal very practical real life do i really believe what i've been placing myself in saying i believe my whole life yeah and i think how well or how poorly we've thought through some of these questions uh really the rubber met the road mm-hmm. and i yeah. there were some things honestly because of the the people around us and i think god was just very gracious in surrounding us and helping us learn mm-hmm. uh truths about him and about suffering and about the world mm-hmm. that did support and strengthen us so that we didn't collapse right even but though that, we maybe felt like we were collapsing. Yeah, to a degree. <laughs> well, because the, the, you think about it, the emotional, like when it comes to suffering, you could say there's there's logical problems. Why is this happening? Where is God? Um, what's the meaning and purpose of all of this? But there's emotional problems. Like mm-hmm. when we first got the, <laughs> these answers uh, about what our son's life would be like, you got grief and sadness and heartache. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel overwhelmed. Th- those are emotional problems. In right. the moment, just weighty it feels like waves, you know, crashing yeah. on the rocks of your heart. <laughs> yeah. Over, I mean, everything you maybe kind of pictured you. for life is now different. It's just a sudden jerk of change. Yeah. And then as you think about it, okay, so you, you get a, a diagnosis or uh, the initial news about something hard medically, there's all these practical problems or dilemmas that are going to follow. I remember we were physically, mentally, emotionally exhausted. Mm-hmm. And so I, I call that a practical problem. You know, it's how do I live and endure when I'm just wiped out? Yeah. And how do I walk this um, journey? There's a there's a learning curve. I remember how frustrating this was for us with insurance, mm-hmm. with medical supplies. <laughs> Eventually, because our son is... is uh, you know, needing special education and we yeah. have to education help Education system that out. Mm-hmm. You know, most people, you know, when our son was in the NICU, you know, we had a NICU right in town here, but there are people traveling from all over the state that only right. can come see their their baby every, you know, on the weekends right. or mm-hmm. something because mm-hmm. they got they still got to go to work. They got to pay the bills. That's a very practical uh, problem. Mm-hmm. But one of the things we also noticed that has moved our heart and design, you know, kind of given us to a degree, among other things, a fire to do this, is there is a societal problem um, mm-hmm. and a, a societal or secular view about suffering that really can create fragile people. Yeah. And so think of this uh, for a second. Um, if you asked most Americans or a lot of Americans, you know, what do you want most in life? A lot of, and we've actually, we worked with a ministry on, a col- on college campuses, so we did surveys um, with college students, and this was an answer we would get most frequently. They'd say, what do you want most in life? Or what's the meaning and purpose of your life? And they would say happiness. Mm-hmm. Well, we all want happiness. Happiness is a good right. thing. Right. I like being happy. I don't like days when I'm down. And I'm kind of a melancholy guy sometimes. But <laughs> you're laughing because you know. She's pretty steady. She's steady Eddie. I'm a little, I, I ride the roller coaster a little bit. It's kind of, yeah, she's, I'm thankful for you. Yes. Uh, but if, think about this. If happiness 
is your, not just a, a, a desire that we all have, but it's your meaning and purpose, then when mm. suffering comes, yes. you not only lose happiness, you lose your meaning and purpose. It's extra yeah. devastating. Right. And that's the, the answer that the secular worldview uh, gives as to what meaning and purpose is. It's whatever you create in your mm-hmm. individual freedom to make you happy. And most cultures and peoples throughout the world and throughout history would look at what, what we do with this and, and be like, what on earth are you, are you doing or are you thinking? Right. And so we see the effects of that in people that when suffering comes, it really knocks us um, off our chair. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to move to just quickly. Let's talk about our heart for the Blue Stem Project and how we see that it can help Mm-hmm. Uh, people on these on this journey, mm-hmm. and so when we, uh, Amy was telling you a story about our son Beckett. Uh, when we got home, uh, we were uh, you know kind of a flood of tears with what this meant, and we had decided that if we had a boy, we we're going to name him Beckett. And you came to me one day and said, uh, "This was maybe a couple days later. What if we give him a middle name with meaning?" We had just mm. picked the name Beckett because we like we like the name. Mm-hmm. You primarily liked it, and I was like, okay, great. sounds good. <laughs> That's about how it goes. I don't have a I don't have as much of a <laughs> opinion as you do. Um, so you said, let's have a middle name with meaning. I said, yeah, that sounds great. And I think it was a day or two after that you came back and said, what about Nathaniel? It means gift of God. Mm. And then you explained your thinking, and and you said this: I want to see him as a gift, right? But then, and this was the real stunning part, you said, but not only him as a gift, I want to see his situation and circumstances as a gift from God for us. That was, you were making a major theological statement of faith Mm -hmm. or trust in the sovereign goodness of God in all circumstances, something that you had learned and understood beforehand. But you were also... You know, I, and I tell that story all the time to people. Probably mm-hmm. you don't even know how often I. No, I don't. Because it, it, it was your idea. I mean, but when you said that, let's let's Nathaniel, gift of God, he and his circumstances are a gift. I thought she's got it. Mm-hmm. She's got it. This to be able to view even the hardest or worst things as a part of a good God's plan mm-hmm. for your life is incredibly strengthening. And empowering, and it reveals that there is meaning and purpose in, in everything. The struggle. Yeah. Well, thank you for that encouragement. But also, yeah. yeah, I um, I just love the richness of names, even, and I think that's something significant, even as it kind of translates to Blue Stem Project. And what is what is Blue Stem? Uh, early on in our journey with Beck, we realized some incredible significance to how we were doing and how that related to how we were doing with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, The deeper our roots in Christ were, the more stable and secure we felt and knew ourselves to be. Um, I know we've referenced a lot that day of that first ultrasound and, and being flooded with tears. And I know I was up most nights for several nights thereafter, just weeping and praying and just processing the weight of everything. Um, but yeah, how we were remaining was significant. And we learned in those early months of Beckett's life something about blue stem grass, which happens to be a prairie grass. Again, we're in 
North Dakota. We're on the so we're on the prairie. It's flat. <laughs> it's flat and so windy. It's not real. Oh my gosh. It's not the most it's, beautiful landscape. It's not. It's not. But this the joke particular is there's a pretty girl behind every hill. Oh dear. Oh goodness. There's one hill. My wife's on the other side of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and here it begins. Keep going. Keep going. Oh man. Uh, so this blue stem grass, though, it's most notably known for its extensive and deep root system. And this kind of piqued our interest. It seemed like, huh, tell me a little bit more. Um, So you see this grass's roots play an integral piece in ensuring the uh, sustainability against the toughest challenges. Again, North Dakota, ready. Think wind speeds up to 50 miles per hour at times. The coldest, most bitter winter months, and then it swings to the extreme hot, scorching, sun-filled days in the summer, which sometimes can be a 100-degree temperature swing from winter to summer here in North Dakota. So Our city was once voted the worst weather city in America. And I would vote for that to be true, too. Because you get floods, too. <laughs> it's just everything is bad. Um and so it just, it really has to endure through extreme challenges. And the roots to this grass, blue stem grass, make all the difference for this particular grass to sustain and even thrive. And then even, if you go a little further, offering nourishment for the purpose of feeding cattle and animals and things. So it has a really, for lack of a better analogy, it has depth to... It's tough. It's tough stuff. It's tough stuff. And we thought that was just so rich in what is Blue Stem Project or what what would be true of walking with the Lord in hard things. Yeah. And when you, when you hear uh, the phrase, the Blue Stem Project, we want you to think rooted and ready. Mm-hmm. And here's what we mean by those two things. Rooted, I want you to think about being connected to the God of the universe who's really there, who's really uh, loves us, who really can sustain us and wants to know us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think of this, one of the, I had a, I had a friend when we were walking through, especially the first five, six months of our struggle with Beckett and using the NICU that whole time, he just kept saying, he was a wise Christian man. He kept saying, God is with you. He's with you. And he was reminding me of that. That was, there's a lot that. of, there's a lot of dumb things to say to people who are suffering. We could do a whole episode on that. <laughs> we that might. Actually be kind of, <laughs> I don't know if it'd be comical or sad or Ugh, both or whatever, both. but anyways, the reality that. If you, if you know God, he is with you mm. in all of life's struggles. Now, there's a point at which a person can come to know God. It doesn't just because you're born and on earth, uh, you're his creation. It doesn't mean you are his child yet. We'd love to help you with that if you're wondering where you're at. Please stick with us uh, in future episodes. But the idea that mm. to be rooted, um, I thought, I've thought of this. What's worse than suffering? Uh, suffering alone? Oh, yeah. That's like, the, what could be worse than that? Yep. And while, yes, we, we do need people and we can be strengthened by people, having God with us mm-hmm. makes all the difference. I think, uh, you know, even in Romans 8, uh, in 30, verse 31, it says, If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Mm-hmm. So if he gave us his son... He'll give us what what we need. He'll give us right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was one of the things that uh, was most? Yeah, you felt like helped kind of, you or, or where you were rooted, cute wife. Yeah, I. Uh, sim- if I'm thinking even similarly, like a Bible verse or just passage that that I 
remember running to very quickly was the truth of the fact that God always works for his glory and the good of those who love him. And so if I'm really going to believe that to be true, then I'm confident that this is working for my good. But I know that by God's grace, as I look back and I see how I was rooted, it was really being rooted in the truth, knowing who truth is and where truth comes from because of how I ran to the Lord. And that's only really a work of the Lord that I've seen as I do think back to those early days especially. But um, yeah, I didn't sleep much at night that first night um, because I was crying and in deep heartache. Um, But on the flip side, in contrast to that, I sleep well now. And I think that's evidence too of I trust the Lord to take care of these needs and meet a lot of the needs we have. I'm not losing sleep over some of this stuff because of I'm taking God at his word and saying, I'm kind of forced to trust you and and see you through or have you see through us through it. What surprised me? Oh, what? Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, what surprised me most um, has been seeing, again, in light of the analogy of being rooted, what has surprised me most is seeing the number of weeds that I allow to grow abundantly and therefore take nourishment from me. So things that, yeah, I let kind of steal nutrients from deepening my roots with the Lord, like caring about what people think and concern of what people think, um, and also loving control. <laughs> really like control. Yeah, when we talk about, again, being rooted, like God is with us, He loves us, He helps us. Yeah. And I think you alluded to this, but we're caught up in a greater story than just our ourselves. That was one of the things that was, I, I had been taught well before this all happened that had kind of, I had internalized. And so I can't really attribute it to my own virtue, but the idea that like, I am a part of God's grander narrative and right. story. I'm an individual. I got unique individual things. It's not that I've lost all my individuality or you have or anyone uh, isn't a unique individual, but it's it's God's story. It's His plan. He created the universe, mm-hmm. and it all exists ultimately for His glory. Right. And I, you know, I think of the Westminster Catechism that says the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Mm-hmm. And even having understood and known that beforehand, okay, if when suffering comes and He promises to mm-hmm. use it for good. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it's it's going to force me to reorient my life appropriately to being about what he's about. Right. And that's primarily, you know, that's his glory, not uh, primarily my own. Right. And so knowing that kind of helped on the on the front end. Uh, one of the ways that uh, my roots were lacking, you're probably going to laugh well, at this. Wondering what you're going to say. I, I think I did all right on the big picture side of things, but on the the daily the daily bread side of things, like believing that Jesus is going to satisfy me mm-hmm. moment to moment throughout my day. Um, I, I struggled, I think, to believe in, in the everyday moments that he was enough. And so this mm-hmm. led to anxiety. Uh, one of the ways you left, because you know this, uh, is by I deal with my anxiety is by overeating <laughs> uh, or by speculating or... Yeah. Um, entering into kind of just a, a pretty negative 
speculative demeanor where I'm looking at situations and seeing the the worst and I'm being being Eeyore. Sure. Um, yeah, we don't want Eeyore. More, we don't want Eeyore. More or less. <sighs> um, so when we talk about helping you be rooted, we've walked a journey that at times we've done well and at times we haven't. But we mm-hmm. do think and desire uh, with God's help to do our best to help root you in him because nothing else will help you as much as being connected to and having a vibrant relationship uh, with God. And then when I, and as I said before, we talk about being rooted and also ready. And so when you think ready, think equipped and preparedness. There's an intellectual part of this. There's a practical uh, side of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, think of this. Any athlete prepares. Mm-hmm. Any musician prepares. Before you send men to war, you go through training. You prepare. We right. we went to a pregnancy class. When you're pregnant, <laughs> you prepare. We, you prepare. <laughs> you're never and, feeling ready. <laughs> and I learned a lot. I but learned a you lot. prepare. But, so uh, here's another just quick example. I heard someone, uh, they asked a, uh, this was a psychologist. He was talking about asking a Navy SEAL about how they rise to the occasion and do all these remarkable things under such stress and duress. And, you, you know, how do you guys rise to the occasion? And the, the Navy SEAL answered, you don't. You <laughs> fall back to the level of your training. Wow. And I thought, wow. <laughs> that, like, there's profoundness to that beyond just the arena he was talking about. You're going to fall back to the level of your training. I heard a, a pastor named Tim Keller said this uh, in a book on, on suffering. He said that growth in biblical knowledge and maturity and theological reflection is irreplaceable preparation for the onset of darkness and trouble. Hmm. And when I was reading his book on suffering, he also said this, and this really stuck out to me. He said, as a working pastor for nearly four decades, I've often sat beside people who are going through terrible troubles and silently wished they had taken the time to learn more about their faith before the tidal wave Hmm. of trouble had engulfed them. I mean, we've watched people friends and people close to us somewhat Mm ill-prepared for hardship, and we've grieved some of that. And we've, Mm -hmm. while we do feel fairly uh, lucky and thankful that we were surrounded surrounded by such good teachers and families and friends. Really fortunate. And who prepared us uh, fairly well, there still was, there's still things you just- You're not ready for. You're not totally ready for. Mm -hmm. Um, And it exposes the cracks oftentimes too in our own- our own self. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, honestly, that's one of the ways we can learn to be ready is by knowing how to process and understand mm, your own mm-hmm. sinfulness. Right. Not and thinking not, you're and arrived not, and ready for it. Like you don't have any, won't have any shortcomings, but knowing how to handle them when they come to surface. Yeah. And have, yeah having, you think about, okay, stress is going to reveal cracks. Yep. If you are put, it's it's one of the reasons that marriages, when, mm. when they have a special needs child or someone has a major health issue, marriages right. dissolve, is that when you're under stress, you act out in ways maybe you're, you usually don't, right. but there's really stuff in your heart that's sinful that's mm-hmm. kind of always been there. It's just bringing it to surface. And what people do often, I think we're all kind of prone to this, is we act react defensively rather mm. than owning mm-hmm. and understanding and mm-hmm. grasping our own sinfulness. And humbly, I totally do that. Humbling, mm-hmm. humbly apologizing. <laughs> well, we all do to some degree, humbly apologizing for it. We blame the other person, right? which becomes a bad cycle. Um, and so even, even again, that type of uh, 
learning a humility or not, you know, understanding you're, you're more sinful than you really think. <laughs> right. You're more, you know, I've heard it said you're more sinful uh, than you, you, it would terrify you to know how sinful you really are, but you're more loved than you right. ever dared dreamed yeah. by God. That's so Simul- profound. Simultaneously. But let me, let me point out a few more things uh, in a little more detail about being ready. Uh, I referenced it briefly before, but there are, if you have answered some of the hardest questions of life before you go through suffering, you don't have to do it while you're in the mm. middle of the suffering. Because if, it's re- if the suffering is really bad and the emotional pain and strain is really overwhelming, you, you don't, don't have time. No capacity. Or capacity to process through how can, say, the problem of evil, how can God mm. be totally in control? How can he be totally sovereign and totally good and mm-hmm. yet evil and suffering exist? Mm-hmm. Because what would appear on the outset is that, okay, if, if God's totally in control then, and he's totally loving, then wouldn't he want to, you know, if he's all powerful, wouldn't he want to get rid of the pain and suffering that we experience and doesn't he have the power to do so? But here I am experiencing great trauma and it's not happening. Right. That's a, that's a big struggle mm-hmm. for people. And, th- and there is a good answer. The very brief answer is that uh, we who are finite do not have all the information that God, mm-hmm. who is infinite, has about the mm-hmm. circumstances. And so just because we can't come up with or think of a what is sufficient for our finite mind's right. reason for why this is happening doesn't mean God can't or doesn't. Or doesn't. And in fact, he does. Right. It's a humbling reality check. Yeah. And if you haven't processed that beforehand, it can, it can knock you off, knock you off your horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, yeah, there are these these quest, these hard questions uh, in the realm of knowledge. But there's also being ready or equipped uh, by being connected to people. And so having mm-hmm. good family connections, mm-hmm. good friend connections, we would say at the core, like, what do you want to be connected to? It's a it's a good church, mm-hmm. the people of God. Yeah. Uh, God gives, an, a means of his grace is his people. Right. And so I have seen people well-connected with deep relationships with, with people in a church who are going to help point them to Christ, who are going to be very sacrificial, mm-hmm. um, survive and even thrive in the midst of right. hardship. And I think of, you know, on our journey, if we didn't have the Christian friends and family kind of and church that we had, oh my gosh. We'd be lost. We could have I know. You hear, it, you, you hear it a lot of times <laughs> people say the phrase like, it takes a village. Like that's kind of the the pretense of where where I think you're even alluding to with this, that like you can't do it on your own. That's a fact. <laughs> so who are you surrounded with that are going to really help you sustain and thrive the long haul, the journey? Yeah, there are practical things. I have no idea how many meals people have brought to us in the last five years, but it is a lot. I know. The sacrifice of money and time and... Yeah, we've had people... Bring care packages and send things for... Yeah, yeah, they want to show their love and... And And that they're in it with us Yeah, to the best of their ability. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a gift or a financial gift can can demonstrate that. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that and that's been... uh, Incredibly and it's, strengthening. And it's remarkable to then be on the receiving end to see the healthy function of the body of believers too. Mm-hmm. So that's another little yeah. perk to walking the journey. Yep. So 
being ready in knowledge, being connected to people. Um, and I just want to, again, I already hit on this a little bit before, but I want to expound a little bit more on just comparing what it looks like to have a, a Christian hope or a Christian preparedness compared to the, the secular. And uh, a surgeon named um, Brand, who, was, who wrote a book called The Gift of Pain, said this. He had been an orthopedic surgeon in India with leprosy patients for much of his career, and then he came back to the U.S. And he said this is very profound about the United States. He said, in the United States, I encountered a society that seeks to avoid pain at all costs. Patients lived at a greater comfort level than any I had previously treated, but they seemed far less equipped mm. to handle suffering and far more traumatized by it. <laughs> and so I, I read that and I'm like, he's on it. Mm. He, he is on it. People in India, generally compared to the secular answer in the West, in America, uh, have a greater preparedness for some of these uh, really hard things. Right. And so we want to help combat that philosophy, really, that helps produce fragile or weak people, people that are really right. traumatized and knocked off the horse from suffering. We want to help you be ready. Yeah. Well, let's, let's finish up here. Here's kind of the fun, mm -hmm. lighthearted, maybe, depending yeah, on what we say. I know. Um, we'll see. Portion. <laughs> uh, we want to give you guys a chance to get to know us. We're going to do that by letting Amy describe me and me describe her. Oh, we'll dear. see what Oh, we'll dear. see what happens. Let's, let's, have, let's have you start. I get to go first. <laughs> so even though you've heard a lot from Brandon already, it is my privilege to get to introduce to you my man. Brandon is a flannel-wearing, coffee-sipping, hot sauce on everything, popcorn-loving man's man. He's an avid outdoorsman who loves the rough and tough masculinity. But don't let that fool you because he is so tender and gentle and gracious with me that it is unbelievable. I've I appreciate said, that. Yeah. It's fact. <laughs> I've said time and time again to him and others. Yeah. I've said time and time again to, to him, but also many others that how he treats me. So how Brandon treats and responds to me as his wife allows me to know and understand the Lord in a deeper way because of how well he reflects Christ to me every day. He deeply loves God's word and has the highest convictions to the truth of the Bible. I would say this remains to be one of his most attractive qualities to me. Brandon has an affinity for hobbies. In fact, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I sometimes say his favorite hobby is starting hobbies. Yes. I'm getting better. <laughs> it, you've gotten way we're better. we're running out of space for oh, no. all the new stuff I want to try. The stuff for the hobbies. He's an activator at heart, but... Um, but but his follow-through can sometimes lack. So he starts the hobbies, and we don't stay. I start projects and then get excited about new right. projects before I finish Oops. old projects. Uh, adaptability could be his middle name for how positively he responds to dire circumstances. Um, and if Brandon is stressed, it is likely you will find him chewing on his nails and, as he's already shared, eating. Yep. <laughs> Yep. But uh, through it all, a couple of his loves have remained for as long as I've known him. And that's his love for the Lord and his love for a good wilderness adventure. So Brandon's passion for the Blue Stem Project is motivated by his love for biblical truth and pointing people to the only true source of hope. I'm excited to do this with you. Yeah, 
Me too. Mm-hmm. That was pretty. That was pretty good. You did uh, uh, pretty good. Well, I'm saying. Uh, there's a, lot, there's a lot you could have said that would be very <laughs> accurate, that would be less than flattering. Uh, but so. I would say that was accurate, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. <laughs> the, what I do when I'm stressed, that was pretty pretty accurate. So let me introduce to you uh, my wife. I refer to her, and we have wondered how this is going to work on a podcast, because in everyday life, mm. I either call her cute wife or Amy girl. Yes. Which are kind of pet names, uh-huh. and I don't know if I'm going to be able to, during a podcast, actually just call you Amy. Yeah, it'll be weird. Especially while we're sitting in the basement of our own house. It's <laughs> right. not like this is the most professional atmosphere. Well, and you've called me those things in front of large groups of people anyway, so. That's true. That's yeah. true. But here's, okay, here's what you need to know about my wife. She was the state of you Michigan fourth grade girls oh, dear. free throw champion. Lord. My glory days. <laughs> yes, her glory days. And so she's athletic. Fourth grade. But not athletically inclined. So the other year... <laughs> She found the trophy. The plaque. She, the it was plaque. a plaque. Okay. And she threw it away. We were moving. I, I want, I'm like, I want that plaque in our, in our house. You even, I, want, you I even, wanted to put it on my nightstand and be like, that's my girl. You even aligned our oldest to be behind you on this. He's never even seen it and yeah. he's disappointed he, in me now. He needed, he needs to, you know, our, our, our oldest is in first grade. He likes basketball. Um, but he needs to, he needs to have something to aspire to, right? <laughs> I hey. said. I, or, or, or to humble it. In right? my hey. in my defense, I snapped a quick selfie with this plaque, so we will forever have a picture of me cleaning out that closet, holding the plaque. Yeah, but she. So you grew up uh, elementary school years in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So your family and you are huge University of Michigan fans. That's right. Which I've just kind of come on, come <laughs> along for the ride with. I guess I'm not <laughs> passionate, but I'm not right. against it. Um, so you love. All things Michigan. You love football. I uh, do enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you love March Madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have roped our oldest mm-hmm. into a love of Michigan. So mm-hmm. if Brody and I are not hunting in the fall on a Saturday, he is watching a Michigan game with you. Yes. It's pretty much certainly what's happening. But here's some of her uh, characteristics I want to share with you. She's a very joyful individual. Uh, shockingly so, which is good because I'm a little more up and down. Uh, she's very disciplined, achiever. You have lots of energy. Uh, I think maybe because life is hard, you don't feel like you have lots of energy, but you can get by with less sleep than just about anybody Sure, I know. You're up early. You're a, you're a rule follower. Yes. You're organized. You're loyal. <laughs> uh, you have a great and deep trust for God's love for you. Uh, you enjoy family and beauty. Uh, we both like... Watching crime ministries mm-hmm. or ministries, <laughs> mysteries. <laughs> yeah, let's get that right. Uh, you do a pretty good job of embracing my personality and quirks. <laughs> embracing because you're a a planner. You like knowing what to expect, <laughs> and I'm on the other end of the spectrum. So even preparing a podcast just for you guys to know, like with our personalities, Ooh. I want to wing it, and Ooh. you want to plan. Yeah, it's, and so by God's grace, we're here. Yeah, we're gonna see how this. Uh, <laughs> How, how this looks. Uh, but you love motherhood. Mm-hmm. You're devoted to our boys. Um, you have a deep trust for God's love for you and just being rooted and staying there and trusting mm-hmm. that he loves you. You do a great job respecting me. Mm, thanks, babe. So one of your other strengths is that you don't work out and you look like you do. <laughs> and you are going to hate that I said that. <laughs> yep. But that is, that mm. is the truth. Here's one of your one of your weaknesses, I'll, I'll share with you guys one of her weaknesses, Mm-mm. flexibility in dealing with change. And one of the things, when okay, when you're stressed, you mm-hmm. want to control things. Yeah. 
So when you're stressed, things that are maybe not picked up or cleaned up around the house <laughs> that every other day of the month are not a problem, somehow <laughs> All of that a sudden day it's a problem. a problem <laughs> and they need to be cleaned up yep. and things need to be organized and in order. Yep. And I could do a better job times loving you when you're stressed by, uh, by keeping things Oh, I thought you were saying, but or, you or could organized. also do a better no, job respecting no. me by not caring about it. No, that's what, yeah. But mm. I would say this, like, what is my wife's passion if for, for you guys um, listening? What does her passion for the Blue Stem Project come from? She really is motivated by a deep love for people who are struggling with these issues and, mm-hmm. and to point them to God and mm-hmm. to see them love and, and enjoy and worship him. So we hey we really want to thank you for listening mm-hmm. to this first episode of the Blue Stem Project. It's been a pleasure to have you, mm-hmm. um, and we want to remind you again of of what this is about. The Blue Stem Project exists to equip and encourage you in the suffering, hardships, and trials of life that come with health issues and disability, and we do this by helping root you in Christ and giving you the tools you need to be ready for life's greatest obstacles. Yeah, and it would be an honor to take this journey with you. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button and tell a friend or family member experiencing health issues and medical disability about the Blue Stem Project. Mm-hmm.